Hey there, this is Dennis Anyone with Dennis Hensley, a podcast about making things up, making things happen. I love talking to creative people about how they do their thing. And this week, my guest is the actor Brian Jordan Alvarez. Uh, but he's more than an actor. He also writes and directs and produces. And he has a wonderful new web series up now called The Gay and Wondrous Life of Caleb Gallo. I think we've had about three episodes posted so far. There are two more to come. And I was such a fan of it that I just tracked him down and stalked him and um, Facebook messaged him until he agreed to do the podcast. So that's where we are. Before we get into that, I want to thank some folks who donated to my virtual tip jar. And it helps me keep the podcast going, keep things free, uh, pay for parking and web hosting and other stuff that comes up. So thank you to Keith Stepp. Albert Kaiser, Robert Nunez, and Lucas Wallace. I really, really, really appreciate it. Um, if you'd like to kick in a little to help things keep things going, um, you can do that at DennisAnyone.net. So you can do some other things there as well. You can email me. You can see some pictures that go with different podcasts, things like that. So before we get to Brian, just want to remind you to like Dennis Anyone on Facebook. If you haven't already, tell your friends, share, anything you can do to help it grow. I really appreciate it. And now, without any further ado, here is Brian Jordan Alvarez. All right, I'm coming to you from Los Feliz. I'm in the apartment of Brian Jordan Alvarez. Hi! He's an actor, he's a writer, he's a producer, mm. and uh, the star of the web series... The Gay, gay and, and Wondrous, wondrous life, life of Caleb Gallo. I couldn't right. remember if gay came first or wondrous came first. Yeah, gay comes first. Did you switch the it gay. around when you were... Did you play... No, I never things? experimented. I, I was thinking about calling it just Caleb Gallo for a while, but then yeah. I... I um, I said I was pitching it to some uh, some kind of suit, some woman with a lot of power. Right. And I was like, you know, I have this show that I'm developing called Caleb Gallo. And she was like, what? And I was like, it's called Caleb Gallo. And she was like, what does that mean? And I was like, oh, it's the name of the main character. I was going to call it the gay and wondrous life of Caleb Gallo. And she was like, that's better. Call it that. So I switched back to the gay and wondrous life of Caleb Gallo. I think it's because it is gay and wondrous. Thank you so it much. It is gay and wondrous. Yeah. I, I just happened upon it through Facebook. We have a lot of friends in common. And yeah. I just watched it and I found it really charming and smart mm. and funny and fresh. Mm. I bet you get a lot of suits telling you it's fresh. It's fresh. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's fresh. So I, I, um, I, I guess maybe if I hear that it goes one ear and out the other, cause I'm like, yeah, it, it is fresh. I agree that it's fresh. Yeah, it is fresh. It should be fresh. Yeah. Um, before we started, I, I brought up my iPhone to record the podcast as a backup. And you said that you recorded a lot of the sound for your show mm -hmm. on iPhones. Yeah, all of my work? all of my videos, my uh, videos that I was doing last year, many of which went viral. Um, but all of them, and also the first episode of the Gay and Wondrous Life of Caleb Gallo, um, the sound pickup is done fully on iPhones, and you can actually see it if you watch for it. And every once in a while, like one in every hundred comments will say. Why do they all have phones in their front pockets? So more than one phone. So it would. So be each person, anybody you're seeing that's talking that you're hearing the sound of, it's because there's a phone in their front shirt pocket. If it's a guy with the microphone facing up, so it's an upside down phone recording a voice memo. Or if it's a girl, she has the phone in her bra upside down so that the mic is facing up. That is amazing. So yeah. then you would go through and listen to the, the different phone versions and pick. Oh, there's caught it pretty well. No, no, it's it's just that, I mean, that's the person's, that's the only sound you're getting. That's the right. person's lavalier. So for 
whenever we're looking at Stephanie, it's, it's and you're hearing her, her it's, the, it's the phone that's on her body. Right. And that's why it has that kind of warm sound, because it's pressed against the body. Well, I want everyone that's listening to go and watch. There have been three episodes so far. Mm-hmm. Um, the cast more coming. has an amazing chemistry. Mm. Uh, they feel like they're all your real friends. Is they that, are. Is that your? It's is that real. Kind of the vibe. Wouldn't that be funny if we weren't friends at all? If I know. It was just totally fake. I love it though. Are they all people that you met since you moved here? Are they people that you met in acting classes, or how do you? They, how did you find them? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, they are people who I've met. Since, I think, after college. Well, Jason Green, who plays Freckle, um, who sometimes I also call Freckle in real life, but for, for the purpose of this, we'll call him Jason. Um, he, uh, he, I met him during college. And, yeah, it was like a vague uh, connection with this best friend of his who was friends of mine. And then I didn't see him for many years. And then after college, he did this American Idol audition that I saw. Have you seen that? It's I feel like I have. He was familiar to me when I saw him pop up. He went on American Idol and sang I Touch Myself. I yes, of course. While looking directly at all the judges and right. and like hitting on Simon Cowell, which was a big it was a big hit and it got on Ellen and everything. And it's it's just genuinely a funny a funny thing that, that he did. Um and I saw him do that and then I wanted to be closer friends and then we got closer over the years. Um, Where did you go to college? I went to University of Southern California. USC? Here, here in town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I moved here when I was 18, yeah. Nice. So how long have you been here? 10 years. 10 years. 28. Does it feel like it's flown by or does it feel like... No, it feels all very well accounted for. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm glad that time doesn't feel like it's flying by, actually, because sometimes I have a worry of that and then I'm like no I've done so like so much is happening well because even if I look at like what happens in my life at this point in a two month period the the change is the momentum is so huge that there's a lot of movement at any given at any given time and it's it's great it feels accounted for as I said did you start did you study acting at USA I did did you live on campus in a dorm or did you do uh were you in a frat or any of that stuff? No, no. Where frat. did you live? I wish I had been in a frat so that I could have had all of those um, sexual experiences. Because that clearly, I... that's where it's all happening. I mean, those are my favorite porns. Still, there's a porn uh, called Haze by the company Jocks, which I think was a subset of Falcon or something. Anyway, right. it's, it's this porn star Tristan Paris, and I'll just—it's from the '90s, but I'll just never get over that porn. I don't know why. The porn that we see at a certain age becomes oh yeah iconic the porn that we like <laughs> right 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 for me right. it's way earlier than that <laughs> but it's kind of like you know it's it's that se- is Falcon it? Video Pack number seventy four you know was it in a hairless moment in time no it was, it was a hairy not, it was a hairy moment in time oh okay and then there were also some French uh, Jean mm. whatever Catano mm-hmm. there was some of that going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of dolphin shorts. I don't even know, <laughs> Wait, if you know what that? that is. You don't even know what that is. Short, super short, short <laughs> oh, shorts from the eighties that go like way, way up the thigh. Yeah, right. yeah, 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 yeah. Kind of like um, like you a, might see in uh, uh, everybody wants some that Richard Linklater mm, movie. Right, right, you know, right, right. They look like a dolphin's fin. Maybe that's that's what why it is. they're called that. Maybe they split open. They like split that. right open, and and it's all of that. I went and hosted an event at USC a couple of years ago. Like, it was a mm. film festival thing, and mm-hmm. I, I was the MC. And when I walked on campus, I couldn't believe the hormones I could feel. <laughs> like, there was something going on in the quad, and there were people running around, and I was like, oh wow. my 
God, this is intoxicating. <laughs> I know, and they're all very good looking. It's ranked, I think, America's best looking school. Holy shit. It was it was so horny and awesome. What was your experience like going there? Was it, <laughs> did you fit in? Did you feel social? Did I you fit feel in. sexy and young and I happening? did. In a way, I, I think I, I was uh, a little non-sexual in college, actually, when I remember it. I was on a lot of Adderall for a lot of college, um, which kind of makes you a robot. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, yeah, it was a great looking school. I remember that. And I remember the people that were in my acting class were many of them are, you know, look like, and are practicing models, um, you know, and great actors too. And, uh, yeah, but I, I think I knew that I was going to be an LA person, which I think has kind of a negative connotation sometimes. Cause I always say that. But I, anyway, I came to college in L.A. because I was kind of like, well, yeah, like that's where I want to... Because L.A. is where the best movies in the world are made, you know. But I always say that um, that what's funny is that people in L.A. think that New York is cooler than L.A. Mm-hmm. And people in New York think that New York is cooler than L.A. Yeah. So I think New York is cooler than L.A. Like right. that's the verdict, you know. Right. Sadly for But what, here's what happens... All of your friends that buy into that move to New York and, and have, they have a their, miserable life. They have a few years out there, and then, then they're like, "I had to get the fuck yeah, out. Yeah, I yeah. couldn't stand that walk up anymore. I couldn't. I couldn't do. I couldn't do it anymore." I mean, yeah. When I visit New York, it is. I, it, it's glamorous. There has to be money involved. I, I've been brought to New York a couple of times with some money for jobs, and that's been great. And when I'm brought to New York without money, it's um, it's pretty pretty fucking miserable. LA is a better place to struggle. Yeah. You're going to struggle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, easy living. Now, what was the inspiration behind the gay and wondrous life of Caleb Gallo? Because you had been doing some uh, web videos, some short form mm-hmm, stuff, mm-hmm. and this looks seems kind of to come out of an evolution of that. But what was it that, that kind of was the creative spark for it? I um, was doing my videos and I, you know, I like sitcoms and I and I like I, I want to be on a sitcom almost even more than I watch them I just go oh well that's kind of the anyway so I, I was making these sketches and and then I said well I could just make a show and my friend Brad Workley and I a few months beforehand had shot or no had we had written he had come to me and said hey let's write something together so we wrote this full-length pilot like a 20 uh like a 28 or 23 minute you know a half hour sitcom essentially about go-go dancers and it was called boy toys right um and there's some overlap in that between that and jimmy fowley's go-go boy interrupted which i think is part of why it didn't it didn't keep moving forward but but he and i wrote this thing and he wrote it and we we created it together but he sat down and wrote it it was called boy toys and and i basically we had written that in like march or something and then i was making videos and making videos and just getting so in the groove of shooting and then I, then, um, at a certain point I was making so much stuff, um, that SNL called for me to go and test. I mean, the, the story isn't actually that simple, but basically when I look back on it, I was just in a high amount of comedic activity and I, and I got my tape to SNL and they took it seriously and they flew me out to test, which is, you know, these screen Huge. tests that it's you everybody's see. thing. And I yeah, saw on yeah. your, on your YouTube page, there's a, a there's a clip that's SL, SNL. SNL tape. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that one with the bluish purple background is the one that got me, um, flown out. And it's cool because it's cool to even do because, um, there are a lot of cool people that have not gotten on SNL. Like, 
like you can and you can see their tapes like Zach Galifianakis like notoriously didn't get on and it's just like okay well I'm in good company so were you freaked out to go do that you know I wasn't at all it, it was like something came over me that just like um, soothed any nerves I could have had and just been it was just like well this is it like just just only enjoy this and I remember being on the stage in front of everyone in front of Lauren Michaels and all the people that cast that and and finding it weird that I wasn't physically nervous at all. I felt like I was in my living room or something. And I felt like God or, you know, the universe was just kind of, I don't know, give me a pass or something. It was just like, yeah, yeah, you belong here. Just be comfortable right now. Um, so basically I tested for SNL and then there was this day when I, when I realized I hadn't gotten it because John Rudnitsky, who's extremely talented, got on and, uh, and I called Brad and said, we need to shoot our own show. We need to shoot that show that you wrote called Boy Toys. So we did. So over the next, like, maybe three weeks, with iPhones in front pockets and with a, a, a great camera guy that we know named Nathan Warburton, we shot this show um, called Boy Toys. And it was, and then we released it. And it has flaws, but it was very successful in a lot of ways and got a lot of views and a lot of traction. Um, but then I, I have a very, well, I just, I guess I, after that, I was like, well, I'm not this kind of bitchy go-go dancer, you know? And so when I would watch it, the voice for some reason would feel a little false or it would just feel like a character that I, and Jimmy in a way was already doing it with Go-Go Boy Interrupted. So, so I kind of let Boy Toys be an exercise in making a show and then said, okay, so now that I know I can make a show, what show would I want to make if I could make any show I wanted to? And I went driving down the Pacific Coast Highway in the middle of the day, which I, I usually do it at night, but that time I did it during the day because I was like, I need to think of a show. And, uh, and I drank a bunch of Red Bull and I was just like, okay, well, what if I'm a grad student and, you know, Jason Green is this gender fluid character. And it just kind of all started occurring to me. And, and then I wrote about three fourths of it. And then I didn't know how to end it. And my friend Michael came over and helped me finish it up. And, and that was it. But, but three fourths of the whole series or three fourths of the, the whole first, that, just that, the that, pilot. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I just wanted to play something like myself in that I, I wanted it to be a world where the lead was gay, but that didn't even matter. It's just like, of course he's gay. Of course he's in love with guys. But like, what else is, I don't know. I feel like that's said a lot or that phrase is thrown around. Well, it's like, I always get, I always get impatient when I hear somebody say, well, the character just happens to be gay. Right. Because the people that say that always think that they, that phrase occurred to them. Mm -hmm. They're always like, let me lay it out for you. So I always, that pushes a button for me. Not that I disagree (laughs) with it. I know what they mean. No, I know what you mean. But the people that say that always think that it was their, uh, that they happened upon that turn of phrase. Exactly. Um, but no, I know, I know what you mean. Yeah, it's, you. it's, it's not what the story's about. It's about other yeah, stuff. Yeah. What I like about your thing is there's a lot of sexual fluidity. There's a lot of gender mm-hmm. fluidity. Yeah, yeah. It felt very of the people. moment yeah. uh, and, and in terms of how friends relate. And, um, and it all seemed very um, lived in with the, mm-hmm. the characters that you have. Mm-hmm. Um, were almost all of them people that you knew from acting class yeah. or friends or... The, the, Stephanie, the, the, I met Stephanie. on a short film. She, she and I are close friends. Um, through Groundlings, I had met some of them. But yeah, I mean, not exactly through acting class, but through the acting world, I knew all of them. Yeah. And it was just, it's just people who 
deserved to be like I, I'm like no these people are actually good like I'm not out of my mind thinking that my friends should be on a show I just I mean and the thing the, the nice thing is most of these people are at a level where they're auditioning for major stuff so they're right. close you know but I I'm I'm grabbing them now in this moment when they when they haven't booked the huge role and hopefully you know Caleb Gallo is the huge role that that puts them on television how did you you decided okay we're gonna make five how many you, you decided five and, five yeah and how did you raise the money to do it did you do a Kickstarter thing we have an angel um, basically when I made boy toys that other show I was talking about after I made it this beautiful person Justin Burns reached out to me and said look I think your stuff is good and I want to invest if you want to make uh, something more major. And, uh, and I, and I just said, okay. And I let that sit for a while because I didn't want to just jump on it. I wanted to brew. And then when I got this idea, I said, okay, Justin, you know, can we have some money to make these five episodes? And he's been very kind and we've gone over budget many times and he's been understanding of that. And, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to making money on the show and for us to, to, you know, make money together on it. Um, are the other two in the can? The other two. The other two are shot. Yeah, four and five shot. are shot. They're they're being edited as we speak in this room. One of the things I love about the show is that the, the pace of it gets that internet people mm-hmm. need to move. Oh, I love that. Do you know what? There's a rhythm to it that's different. It doesn't let you go. It, that doesn't. That's different than even regular television, You're even right. contemporary television. You're right. That's a, there's that's a certain purpose. there's a quickness to it. Like you'll hang up, you'll be, you don't even hang up a phone call, and you'll be in the scene. There's yeah. a pacing thing to it that I think is, if you're watching it on your phone, if you're whatever, it's like boom, it's where you want it to be. Yeah, because I click off of stuff so quickly if I'm right. bored. So I'm trying to to get them to not click away, and by the time we slow down, we've earned it. So so you're already halfway through it and you're invested in everything that's about to happen. So by the time we have a scene where there's some silences, you've earned it, you know, right. basically. What's it been like for you to, because as it starts off, it, there's a light interplay, there's a lot of humor, whatever, but there's sort of real relationships, moments of the heart, playing that sort of real stuff. Has that been fulfilling for you to kind of oh, yeah. get to do that stuff, which you wouldn't get to do in a, in a three-minute clip that's meant to be exactly. a funny moment? Yeah. Yeah, you're you're um, uh, striking a chord that's very real for me, which is that yeah, I, I mean, I love, I love that it's my show in that I can do that. I can go, yeah, this is a completely funny show, and shit gets real, and we do that well too, you know, because I I really do care about these characters, and I care about, I mean, to me, the 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 fuel of the whole thing, it's like the comedy is draped over a real story. You know about love stories, about relationships, basically. It's about people trying to connect, and yeah. I think what's very contemporary about it is that mm-hmm. that it feels like we have all of these options in the world. Mm-hmm. We can meet anybody anywhere right. online. We can be gay. We can be bi. We can be right. a man. We can be a woman. Everything's open. Why aren't we connecting? And we still want to connect. Yeah, we. Still why just why want is to it so hard? Right. I think that's what I think is is sort of an undercurrent for what I'm picking up on it. Yeah. Was that something you were? Sort of yeah, like yeah. To me, the show is about relationships. It's about connection, and, and I think you're right. I didn't even do that on purpose, but it's what was happening in my life when I was writing the show. So it, it just mirrors kind of a modern experience because it's the tale of a modern experience, which is that I was having these relationships that were over FaceTime, and a lot of them were over text, and a lot of them were over phone call. And it's like we, we do that now, you know. I mean, we we still want to connect. We want to fall in love. 
but we 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 use all the it's not like we we just text casually and then when we meet we talk about the real shit like i get in horrible some of the worst fights or some of the most dramatic conversations in my life right now over text which i kind of hate sometimes <laughs> well it, it's weird because if somebody like i i met somebody recently on a on a first like a coffee date yeah yeah and um we texted back a little bit afterwards. We're going to see each other again. He he left me a message. And I was like, mm. oh, he fucking called me. And it was like, mm. what, That's does very that romantic mean? what does that mean, though? And am I ready? Do I you. like him enough and all that stuff? And then he did this. He, um, I, my message is kind of dry. I'm like, leave, leave me a message and I'll probably call you back. Mm. Um, and it counts, I don't mean it bitchy, but I mean it like, like, um, like I forget how to use the phone or I don't know whatever mm. I'm not a flaky person sure, sure, I don't sure. know what anyway he was like mm, you may want to. he criticized my oh no message. yeah right out the wait, gate wait but was he kidding no I think he meant it I think it didn't land right with him so oh, that's no. a bit of a that's a bit of well, a well even if it didn't land right with him he can't be judging you right away. Judge right out of the gate. Not only leave a message, he not judged allowed. my outgoing message. Not yeah, I'm not really having it. Um, so that's, You're like, we're having sex I'm going to text him right now. It's dead. It's over. It's over. It's dead. You get pixelated nudity. Very mm, brave. Mm, I think thank it's you. very brave of you. I loved that whole scene, and I loved what happened with it. And mm. I just, I, Did you know that there had been a blowjob right after the blackout, or were you unsure? I knew that they hooked up. I knew something. Okay, happened. good. But you explained some people it, aren't clear on it. Yeah. Some explained later. It comes it's out right at what you say. I didn't suck his dick. He sucked my right, dick, right. or whatever. It's very clear. Right. It's, it's all of that stuff. Yeah. Um, how long was it? Would it take to shoot an episode? Or would you do? Did you shoot? Did you know that you were going to do all five? And let's just shoot them over. No, no, no. We shoot them one at a time. Yeah. Uh, we, well, we actually just shot two together, but they basically take... just like Transformers. You, you went with the. Uh, <laughs> did the, they do that? Yeah. Or or uh, uh, just like the Back to the Future movies, you did that same. Did they do that? The second, two, and three, they shot together. Do you think with Transformers and, tra- and Twilight? Oh wow! Maybe with Transformers they can just have an ongoing shoot, like just an, never ends. Just a shooting schedule that yeah, just continues. Just never ends. It's a television. It's moved into the space of television, basically. Oh my god! Um, no, we shoot them one at a time, and they take about four or five days, pretty consistently, actually. The third, you know, the the length's changing. That's not on purpose. It's the the, the length is getting back to normal in the fourth and fifth episodes. What was to, the, what are the length? You're the ideal for? length is is a, a show for television, which is twenty two minutes. Yeah. The first one was twenty minutes, which is just shy of that. So that feels like a full episode of television. Then the second one's fifteen. The third one is ten. So we're going back up into the into the twenty minute space, which I'm looking forward to because I really want to get the meat. You know, a meaty episode. Talk to me about the character of Freckle. It's this gender fluid, super confident, mm-hmm. one fresh, funny, interesting. Yeah. Since I've known Jason, he um, Freckle I usually refer to as a female. Jason I refer to as a male. He um, Jason really is Marilyn Monroe. You know, and he has that. And so, there's something comedic about... Because he really does have a very masculine presence in a lot of ways. Because he's way taller than me. He has kind of a deep voice, you know. But then he has these beautiful doe eyes and this long hair. And it's just like... His body language is very... Yeah, sultry. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's just... I mean, at the bottom of it all, he's a great actor. So it's like... To me, it's all fueled by that because it, it's all funny and everybody thinks it's comedic genius, but 
beyond that, it's like when he has to say something real, like pass the salt, he says it in this totally real way, and you're like, wait a minute, that's a great actor. You're draw- you're just drawn to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and then and then he has this sort of Marilyn Monroe thing where he's constantly in a state of seduction. He's seducing everyone around him all the time, and and. And there's a moment early on where he talks about all the dick he gets and all of this stuff, mm-hmm. and, you, and you go, yeah. Okay, right, right, right. Okay, yeah. You buy I, him. I totally get that. And he's like that in real life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he has a very successful uh, sex life, from what he, I understand. He works it. He works it hard. Um, so you, before that, you were doing viral videos. There was mm-hmm. the one about... I, the gay age gap. Yeah, the gay age gap. What was the one that blew up the most? Mm, what happens... Mm, let me swallow this. I shouldn't have eaten this many... Eggs during a podcast. It's all good. Um, what actually happens when gay guys see other gay guys and straight people aren't around? Have you seen that one? Yeah. It's in the hallway of this building that you're in right now. Right on. Um, that was my first video to go viral. I didn't expect it to go viral at all. It's it's at 2.5 million. And it's... it's um, a, and who's in it with you? Because I knew what happened. Steven Guarino. I know yes. Guarino. Steven Guarino. Worked with genius. him on Big Gay Sketch Show. Oh, oh, really? I was one of the writers on the third season. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, it was really Oh, then fun. we probably know so many people in common. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, And Mitch Silpa was the other guy in it. Okay. Who's also a, a, a genius around town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I was making these. I, I, I watched this Duplass Brothers speech about making stuff with your friend on weekend. Friends on weekends, which is very on the nose because it feels like everybody is like, I just need to be making my own content. But I really know how to shoot things because I've been doing it since I was a kid and I'm self-taught with all of it. So I was like, God, if anybody needs to be doing this, I need to be doing this. So I was like, I'm going to shoot 10 videos that are not more than one minute long because I know how short people's attention spans are now. Um, so that so I started making them and they were dumb and bad and people really weren't watching them. And then I made that one, which I thought was just just as good or bad as any of the other ones I had made. And it just exploded. And I remember I went to sleep one night, and I think in the morning when I woke up, it had 300,000 views. And I was like, oh, oh, this just happened. And it, it, it had gone viral. Something about it. Something about the... Well, I think because it strikes on truth in a way, because there is this little moment, not necessarily when straight people aren't around, but if I see... If I'm in like a regular... <laughs> if I'm in a supermarket, or if I'm in... Any kind of environment where there are a lot of people, and then I see a gay person, there's this little moment of acknowledgement, and it's like, it's like we all, I mean, not all of us, but I at least do have this kind of voguing quality, like, deep within me, and and maybe when I see another gay guy, we kind of, like, vogue behind the eyes a little bit, you know, so it's a play on that. <laughs> I like, it is voguing behind the eyes, yeah. but I, I do love, like, you know, I have meetings where people are talking about content and doing this, and mm-hmm. everyone wants to make a viral video. Oh, you yeah. can't do that you just have to make something and hope you know you know can you is there something that you did that made that one viral or was it just no that was not on purpose but i did start you 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 can't exactly narrow in on it but you can start to kind of learn and for me it was just related super relatable gay stuff with good acting and then it would because then we did then when gay guys got rejected with jimmy fowley went viral that went to a million and then the gay age gap with sam pancake went to a million so a lot of my videos were doing well, but it was these ones that were, that, you know, were about gay life, basically, that were, um, but you know, it, it's funny that you say that about, I've, I always thought that too, like, oh my God, these companies are always trying to get you to make a fucking viral video. Right. You can't make a viral video. I mean, you can try. Right. And then I did Gay Skit Happens on Logo, and there was a digital portion of that that they were giving me a lot of control over, and they said, you know, we know that you make these videos, and... 
And they essentially did say, we want you to make a viral video about, about what gay guys do when the Super Bowl is on. <laughs> and I thought about it and thought about it. And then I was like, well, it's just funny if they basically do nothing, you know, except for play like very slowly with like dollhouses. It was just like, I was trying to blow out the, um, the, uh, what's it called? The stereotype. I was kind of trying to explode it by being like, oh, we're literally just playing with d- dolls and gardening while the right. Super Bowl is on, you know, an exaggeration. And, um, and we made it and they wanted that to be a fucking viral video and it went fucking viral. It went to 1.3 million. It was very controversial though. Um, a lot I of people fucking it. hate that video. <laughs> yeah. Because it was... Because they say, this is not what gay guys do when football right. is on. And it's like, yeah, you fucking genius. Like, it's a ju- Like, exactly. Right. The point is that it's not what gay guys do when football is on. But I don't know. I, I actually see... I can see both sides and I can see how it could be, it could be misconstrued. Because maybe it would have been funnier to make the joke, what gay guys do when football is on... And then it's just gay guys watching, watching football. football, right? But so that, that would be more that progressive. But not quite. That's not quite as true. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. I remember. I, hate what, fo- I don't fucking I don't watch, watch it. it. I remember one time being in Super Bowl <laughs> Sunday watching Steel Magnolia, and there was another guy in the theater, and I remember thinking that the guy was cute and going, "I wonder if he's gay." Right. And I'm like, it's Super Bowl Sunday, and he's watching Steel Magnolias. I mean, that guy. Or was gay. Fried, I think it was Fried Green Tomatoes. That guy I think was actually, gay. I think it was Fried. It was probably gay. Those movies have so much overlap. I know they really do. I really think it's the same. I, it, I don't know which one I've seen. I think I've only seen Fried Green Tomatoes, but I think that I've seen right. Steel Magnolias. Now you're you've had an arc on mm. Jane the Virgin. Mm. Are you still arcing, or are you? Are I you, could. I'm not dead, so I you, can. Come you didn't back. die, and you never yeah, know yeah. with that show. Yeah, yeah, it's true. They they do. They bring people back a lot. Are um, you Gina Rodriguez's best friend yet? Because I would really the, want that to happen. Yeah, for IRL, somebody in real life. Um, I like her. Oh, she's, yeah, she's definitely best friendable. I think there are probably a lot of people who want to be her best friend. Yeah. We did, we got along swimmingly, we text, it's, it's very friendly, but I, you know. You're she's cunning on that show. She's a huge famous pe- person. What? You're very cunning on I that know, show. I am, I'm conniving. Yeah. It's a great part. I was so happy with that part, because I got to be gay, and I got to be evil, and... It was just really fun. It was very well written, you know. They do a good job on that show. I love it. Because that show is always a little better than it needs to be. Mm-hmm. Like, you'll watch that that fourth or fifth block, whatever it is, where they bring the heart in. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, they're going to bring the heart in. And you're like, oh, shit. It's because of Gina. Yeah. Or, There's some, they're they're, they they the touch a nerve. Yeah. Like, they go there... They, oh, that came at that in a different way. Like, it's always... It's well, she's doing film-level acting on, te- right. on television. You know, it's... I mean, she's taking her time. I, I don't know how she does it. Uh, there's a reason she won that. You, did you observe that when you were working with her? Or is it just what you... Yeah, but in the more dramatic scenes... I didn't have any really dramatic scenes with her. But she really... She can really go there in a way that... Like you're saying, it's it's always a little unexpected. It's like, oh, whoa, oh, that this I'm, is in this show. Yeah, I'm a little bit more moved than I thought it would be, or they they, they brought up different stuff than I thought they would, and they don't really need to. And it works. Just, the writers and, and they create this kind of tension that you're not expecting, and then it pulls on your heartstrings, and you go, whoa. I remember the pilot made me cry. Yeah, it's a great show. So good. When you went into audition, did they know it was more than one episode, or was it like one? They episode? did. It was recurring. Yeah. Except they don't. They tell you one at a time, but when you go in an audition, they'll tell you it's recurring. Um, and when I went in for that audition, they said, the casting directors were so great, and they said, we love your videos. And I was like, oh my God, thank you. That makes me feel so seen. And I said, which video have you seen? And they said, we watched that one about gender fluidity, which is with Freckle. Have you seen that one? I, I don't know. I think I might have. Freckle, it, I, I went it was Freckle before Caleb. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I think I did. I think I did watch it. 
But it was cool to have them because then I felt so powerful. You know, because then you can do your best work if, if people are already fans of you. Well, I think one of the challenges for anyone doing a creative thing, especially here, is you generate and generate and generate, and you feel like. It's vapor. Like, I yeah, do it with this podcast. Yeah. You know, that's why yeah. I'm so happy when I get a... Somebody says, I listened or whatever. Sure, sure. Because sometimes you feel like it's just mm. going into thin air. And you <laughs> need people to... You know, need shower jobs or shower... It'd be nice. But yeah, yeah, yeah. sometimes it's nice to say somebody, oh, I saw that. Right. Oh, that's cool. Right, right, right. Because yeah. that's why you do it. Yeah. What's the temperature like in the auditioning world now as far as, like, gay roles and gay characters? Because I, t- I speak to people in my generation and things that people would say to them, like... Can you gay it up a little, or yeah, I don't know. Like that all what's happens. The, what's sure. the vibe like now? Is it is it any? I different? think it's great. I mean, I honestly, uh, I think it's so hard for everyone. So I just don't think it's any hard. I think it's hard to be a gay man trying to get roles on television, and to be out. But I think it's hard to be anyone trying to get roles on television. Yeah, I, I don't see myself having a harder time than the people around me who are completely straight. Or, I mean, Stephanie Koenig, who's, um, she plays Karen on the game. Wonder Slash so Karen. funny. She's great. Gorgeous. She's Gorgeous. And she has, you know, it's like, she doesn't get every part she goes out on. And I'm always amazed because I'm like, shouldn't you be the order of the day? You yeah. Know? Why aren't you on two broke girls or whatever it is? Right. Yeah. Right. And I think it's because, you know, she's meant to be on Caleb Gallo. There you go. Is your dream for it to become a series on a... I don't on know. TV. Yeah, TV yeah. or premium digital. So Netflix for me is the dream. Definitely. That, that's the dream. That is the thing, that's right? That's the dream. That sound punk. I watched mm, an episode yeah, of Netflix yeah. today on the life cycle of Kimmy Schmidt. Oh, so good. The joke writing on that show well, is so... Say, yeah. yeah it's, it's the way they write their, their things. What are you obsessed with right now on TV? What do you like to watch? That That's about it. Um, I, well, I the only stuff I really watch super consistently is science stuff. So Cosmos, when Cosmos came out, I put that on my TiVo and didn't watch it. Oh my God. I'm obsessed. I watched every episode, um, more than once. I think the one with Neil deGrasse Tyson. Yeah. Um, and movies like that contact, the movie contact, which is written by Carl Sagan, who has a lot to do with Cosmos. So you like science stuff. Interstellar, Prometheus, Avatar. Yeah. Those are my favorites. I love it. Is that your vision board? That's my vision board. I love, I'm a fan of vision boards. I've talked to them about them many times on this podcast. So, um, there's a lot of, there's those four movies. Avatar, Prometheus, Interstellar, and Star Wars. Right. Star Wars, I'm not. Yeah, it, I'm but not Prometheus. a huge fan of, but I would love to be in it. Prometheus. Most of those movies are controversial, actually. Yeah, Prometheus. A lot of people hated. Con- yeah, controversial. A lot of people hated Prometheus. A lot of people hated. Avatar. I think they're absolute masterworks. Yeah. Avatar is, is pretty undeniably a masterpiece. Um, there's Matthew McConaughey. Like Matthew McConaughey's up there. What's the car? The car. It's oh, a it's, very nice car. It's a very traditional vision board car. It's just yeah. a, a BMW 328i hardtop uh, convertible. And now is that Miles Teller? That's Miles Teller, yeah. And, uh... I respect. And then that lead guy from fucking The Kingsman. Is that what that movie was called? Did you Kingsman see that? The Secret Service? So yeah. So good. Yeah. That movie was so unexpectedly good. And the lead kid has so much charisma. And that's... That's what I intend to bring. You want to bring the charisma? Charisma, yeah. I love it. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I love it. When did you make that? I made that over a year ago now. I'm going to kind of let it brew until December. I've gotten a lot of the, the stuff that's on it, though. That's good. Yeah. You make it shit happen. 
I wasn't going to do one this year because my dreams tried to kill me for the last couple of years. Sure, sure, sure. And I was a little I bit... I hear you. I was a little bit like, you know what? Don't go in the closet. Yeah. And then I was talking to a friend and I'm like, no, let's fucking do it. Yeah. So we did our little thing. And I don't know. I liked it. I It was cool. One, and I've already done a few of the things on there. Like I went on a yoga retreat. That's great. That was on there. How long was that? Two days. Okay. Two, But it felt like a week. It was amazing. Oh, yeah. I loved it. And yeah. so I, I, I think there's something to them. Yeah, there's something about reaching really high because you'll get maybe half of it. But it, but it's like, well, but that's because of how high you reached, you know. So it's like if you can reach as high as you can yeah. and just know that you're not going to succeed at all of it, then you'll have way more success than people that aren't reaching at all. Or that's my, I, I don't know. Here's what I learned in, th- in therapy. I had a recent therapy breakthrough moment. Mm. Let me see if you relate to this. I have managed my expectations sure throughout my career more as i went along because it felt like a defense mechanism Mm. don't don't count on that oh somebody's reading that but they're probably not gonna like it yeah like manage it because you never know everything like i i think i've always managed the expectation with supposing with the um with the idea that if it didn't go through it wouldn't hurt as bad or it wouldn't be so disappointed i think it's a fallacy agreed i think that the more hopeful you can be, the more um, the, the more joy you can get about the idea of something happening. That creates um, a pattern physiologically yep. that makes you more resilient for the disappointments. I That's love my that deep thought. So, much. so I, I when I was on the yoga retreat, I found a beautiful rock on the beach and I wrote on it with Sharpie, "Get your hopes up." Mm-hmm. That's the new strategy because the managing of the expectations hasn't served me. Oh yeah. You know, I couldn't be more with you. You are you on board with get your hopes up? Oh, completely. I love that. Where are you from originally? I do it actively. Uh, Tennessee. Wow, awesome. Yeah. Where uh, I dated somebody once from Jasper. That's close-ish. Yeah, that's where they grow assholes. Is it? No, it didn't work out. (laughs) Oh, he was an an asshole. asshole. He's not an asshole. Uh, He's he's a come here, go away guy. But this was a while ago. Uh, oh, God, those are the worst. <laughs> That's intolerable. The, yeah, I had there's, some of that recently. It, yeah. You had a little bit of that? Yeah. It, it just makes you... It really makes you solidify your desire for somebody who's all in, you know, which I have right now. And it's so, it's just so nice when a relationship is so fully mutual, where you're just like, I'm into you. Like, I'm all the way into you, and you're all the way into me, and that's it. So then, so then you can like reject each other in little ways sometimes without this panicky feeling that that you know you you can count on it in a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How long is it new? Is it fresh? It's from the end of January. From the end of January, so you have a weird. heart on your dream board. It's working. oh, that's true. Oh, I didn't even think the heart was for that. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. I just want to you know give love, give love, love, give and share love, spread love, exactly. Share love. That's what my therapist says. Yeah, share love. Where did you meet this person? Uh, the Groundlings, a little bit. Uh, we met in the bathroom of the Groundlings, and I hit on him, and he wasn't really having it. And then, uh, because I think that I was presenting, or he says that I was presenting some kind of hypermasculine um, uh, bravado or some kind of like overconfident persona. <laughs> but maybe you not. thought you were I mean, a little bullshit with your company. Yeah, I guess so. Wow. So I, uh, I, I don't know. I, I mean, maybe it just wasn't meant to be that night. But then we met again at Akbar, and he came up to me and said, um, "Hey, congratulations on Gay Skid Happens and all the stuff that you're doing." And I said, "Thank you." And then we, 
you know, we've been dating ever since. I love it. So tell me about Gay Skit Happens. It's a logo show, but it's quarterly. It's quarterly. Correct? Yeah, they're quarterly. And, and they're sort of filmed pieces as opposed to sort of live in front of an audience. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're like video sketches, and a lot of them can be shared online. Um, it's great. I, I, I was quite happy with the finished product, and there's a new episode coming out uh, with Vivica A. Fox as the host. It's coming out at the end of June, and I'm excited for it, and I've seen a lot of the sketches, and they're very funny. How did it work? Like, because when we worked on Big A Sketch Show, it was a traditional show setup. There was a writer's room, and we went in, and we wrote, you know what I mean? Like, sure, sure. this seems a little more like videos and and did you go into yeah it was a much quieter smaller experience yeah there was uh there was there were only two head writers there was a showrunner. um it felt a lot like in a good way in a modern way it felt like making videos which i think is what they were going for they were kind of saying you know let's not do outdated comedy let's let's try to make videos the way videos are made right now you know the kind of videos that are going viral and um, and so we would pitch a lot, but the writers would do the writing, and then yeah, and then we just shot them. I kind of I always say because um, I always shot my sketches at my house or my friends' houses, so we did the professional version of that. So instead of the five dollar version of that, we did the million dollar version of that. But we would shoot at the houses of the people who were kind of funding the project, or it was right. like. Mansions, basically. Right. So it says, like, yeah, people that that had money, but there were, but right, it was but still, it was still it, their house. But it wasn't a soundstage. Yeah. Exactly. It was still, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you do much of the so you, behind the scenes stuff with it, or were you just an actor for I it? I had a uh, no. I was more than yeah. I mean, technically speaking, and definitely according to all guilds, I was just an actor. Right. Um, but I was happily given a, a, a great amount of input and. Uh, you know, they wanted to collaborate with me and they wanted to know what I thought was funny and they would let me improv and they would let me, you know, talk about different ideas and, and they let me kind of helm some digital sketches. Um, so yeah, I mean, I had, I had, um, more control over some of the stuff that you'll see that was digital. Um, some of those were, were very much, um, under my hand. What was your favorite sketch that you did? There's a sketch that's coming out in the summer, uh, or maybe sooner uh, online. It's called "When Your Bottom Won't Stop Meowing." <laughs> <clears throat> it's it has a very loose tether. That to might meowing. be the title of this podcast. I like. Oh, to good. Pull, I like to pull a quote. Good, good, good. Yeah, yeah. You should call it that. It'll, yeah, it'll help with the. Um, yeah, with we the know press. those keyword searches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bottom. Um, it's Stephen Guarino and me. And uh, Ken Kirby. Do you know who Ken Kirby is? He plays Lenjamin McButtons in my. Uh, I love Lenjamin. He's, he's so funny he's and best. cute. So cute. And he's bi, and then he's not bi, and yeah, he's like, he's, he's fun. Catholic, he's a rapper. Yeah. He, uh, his real name is Lenjamin? His real name is Ken. Ken. Okay. So okay. Ken Len, and okay. the joke is Lenjamin. Perfect. Because I always call him Kenjamin in real life. Yeah. Um, which is not his name. But Ken, basically it's a, it's a sketch, it's called When Your Bottom Won't Stop Meowing, and it's a sketch where Ken Kirby and Stephen Guarino are having a business meeting, and I am next to Stephen Guarino, and I won't stop meowing. Um, like a cat, because apparently I want to get fucked. And, uh, and Steven keeps having to shut me up and finally sends me away, but I, I keep meowing the whole time and that's really the whole premise, <laughs> but it works quite well. I, I hope you Have like you seen it. it. To me, it together? makes me, it makes me really laugh. Is yeah. it going to, is it going to be an online one or is it going to be? It's going to be online. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I it's think it was a little too weird to get on air, but. I love it. But yeah. So Hopefully growing up in Tennessee, did you always know you wanted to be an actor? 
Yeah, I wanted to be an astronaut when I was five, which I think is is what all the space stuff is about. I love that. Yeah. You know what's something cool that I did for my birthday? I have you heard of Mount Wilson Observatory? Mm-mm. It's kind of like past Pasadena, but you could rent out this whole um, sixty inch or sixty inch, I think, uh, telescope thing, oh, and they wow. have a, an astronomer person that guides you through, and your group of people can look at the stars and they tell you what everything is. Where is that? Um, it's north of Pasadena. I'll give you the info when I'm finished. I'll What's show it you. Called? Mount, Mount Wilson Observatory. Mount Wilson. Okay, yeah. cool. And we saw. Uh, Clusters of things. You went at night. Yeah, and we're oh, there. So cool. Yeah, it's like an all-nighter thing. It's really cool. Yeah, like yeah, I feel you. Some, yeah, I mean, I wanted to be an astronaut, and then, um, and then quickly, my sister was into acting, and then I was five years younger than her, so I just decided that I wanted to do that too. I feel like a lot of actors have that story where the older sibling wanted to be an actor. Yeah, they pull a Leroy from fame where they show up at the audition. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Um, I, can you hear my my loose um, understanding of that reference? Yeah, I, I've exactly. seen that movie. I've seen that movie, but I don't. I, I, I don't remember it that well. No, it's all good. There's a new one too that Paul Iacono is in. He's a friend of mine. I that liked guy. the other fame. I mean, the new I went. One? To, I went to it. I don't remember anything about it. Sure. But yeah. I showed up. I showed up for that stuff. Yeah. I showed up for the Footloose. You were present. Yes. Yeah, I showed up for the new Footloose, too. The new Footloose kind of brought it. You thought so? Yes. Sure, sure. I thought it was satisfying. Come on. Yeah, I was satisfied. Julianne Hoff? Yeah. I mean, anything Andy McDowell's in, I'll I'll watch. I forgot she was in it. She's in it. She was really good in Magic Mike, too. Oh, I haven't seen her in that. I love that movie. It's one of my favorite movies of last year. She's hanging in there, right? She hasn't had a stitch of work done. She just That's looks great so naturally. Good. I think it's probably to. Uh, she probably has the fact that she's literally a supermodel to thank for the fact that she's aging super well. And her you know, kids. she was a model first. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. She was beautiful. Yeah. I remember her in Saint Elmo's Fire. What was it? There's Kirby. one movie where she's completely dubbed in. Uh, Greystoke, I think. The Legend of Tarzan. Something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Glenn Close does her voice. I think that's... That's literally insane. Yeah. That must have been... So but you know what I heard recently? <laughs> okay, do you do you know the guy in the Truvaga commercials? The mm-hmm. super hot daddy? He's kind of mm-hmm. got gray hair. No, it's no, a travel no. I haven't website. seen any of Okay. He's super hot. Okay. Like, and I'm like kind of in love with the Truvago guy. Sure. Somebody told me that his voice is dubbed. Wait, you what's it called? Truvago. Oh, I thought you were saying Truvada. No, not Truvada. Not not. Prep. What's Truvago? Truvago is a is like orbits or tra- travelocity oh. or something like that. And he's super and his voice yummy. Is fake. And I'm like, I'm in love with the Truvago guy. And somebody said that's not how he talks. He's really German and he has an accent. Oh yeah, I mean, so that, that could happens. even be hotter. especially in commercials. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, that could be hotter in real life. Maybe. Do you think if you dated him, you would you would really like comfort him about that and tell him oh, he had my a great God. voice? I would tell him, yes, I would tell him, I'd make him feel really good. good. I would make him feel empowered. Good, yeah. I would help him get his hopes up, like yeah, we discussed. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I would encourage him to dream board as a <laughs> verb. All of it, dream for board, sure. Dream boarding. Yeah, exactly. Um, um, yeah, what were we talking about? Oh, yeah, oh, my sister. how you got into it, your sister. My sister was an actor, uh, wanted to be an actor, and then I decided I wanted to be an actor, too, because I liked getting attention and dancing like Michael Jackson, and... And then I just uh, have, I just always, yeah. And then that was the only thing from then on. That's what I was going to do. And was it, was it cool in your family? Did people support it? Yeah, it because cool? I was, because it became, 
my parents actually think I'm good at it in this fundamental way that has always made them kind of not worry too much. That's awesome. Yeah. And it, it's not like they're hyper supportive stage parents at all, which I, I'm glad of. A lot of the stuff they don't come to or they're not, they don't get. But I, I kind of like that because there has to be a certain level of like, I don't know. I just always feel bad for people whose parents completely support them all the time because I feel like they probably feel like they can't get out of under that approval or I don't know have you seen that friends where the the parents are just always like everything they do they show up and it's so great and it's like well don't you want to just do it for like the crowd and not know who's out there sometimes yeah I hear you yeah it's like where do you find that balance Mm -hmm. of all that stuff what was it like after you graduated from USC okay now I'm in LA Mm, yeah that's the hard part yeah what was that time like I mean, I worked at several restaurants. I, I I kind of fell out of USC because I was an alcoholic right at the end of my senior year. And um, they were very sweet to give me my diploma, even though I, I was kind of a wreck. Um, I, I did finish all my requirements, though. And then they, you know, they I, I moved home for six months, got sober. And then I came back to LA and was just like, okay, I'm going to be an actor now. But that, that's, um, you know, I, I skipped my showcase, actually. Which I don't think detrimented me that much now. I mean, especially now. Wow. Actually, I haven't had a moment where I've appreciated this. I There's a showcase at the end of college. Right. It's and at that moment, it really fucking matters to you. Right, because you think agents are going to come and exactly. this is going to be the thing that gets and me they into do. my next phase. And they do. And I dropped out of that showcase twice. I was given two opportunities to do it. And I both times I said, no, I'm sick of school. I don't want to do this showcase. I, know I have to figure out my own path. Which has has proven true because I always kind of knew that on some level I was going to be somebody who I'm kind of a do-it-yourselfer. So it's like I wanted to create my own career in a way or I, I don't know. I think I just need a lot of clarity after college because people, when you're finishing college, people have been telling you what you think for like 20 years at that point and you're so fucking tired of it, you know, or I was. Um, so basically I missed my own showcase and for a long time that, that really hurt because it it was hard for me to get good rep when I came back, you know, just saying, I'm an actor. I graduated from USC. I've I've done a bunch of plays. Like, will you represent me? And, and you know, it's, it's hard for people to, to take that leap of faith. And especially since in those moments, you're not really good at auditioning yet because you haven't done it enough to be unnervous or to be in your power. Um, so, but slowly, and I guess what I was saying about being grateful is that right now I'm in such an amazing position. I mean, I have these reps that, I mean, I'm just so well represented and by people that I really love and who are really passionate about me and who are just kind of bottom line good at their jobs and like good at, at knowing what I do. And, and my reps, I'm with Paradigm and this company called Luba Rockland as well. And they're both amazing. And they're, I mean, these are big companies, but What's great is that what I'm doing is not lost on them at all. You know, it's not like I'm doing some esoteric gay videos that are only like they get it. They they, they know see, they, that this, they can connect the dots between this and something that'll bring them money, right? That'll build your career, and it might. I mean, I've booked things because uh, you know it's like I booked Jane the Virgin, and they and they knew that I was. I mean, there are people that are calling them knowing my name at this point and they're and they know that that has to do with with what I'm doing myself but but also in in a very fundamental way they actually think the show is funny you know i mean the first time they saw Caleb Gallo before it was popular you know when it was just uh an idea they were laughing out loud and and i think i'm just blessed that i 
that I don't have reps who kind of don't get what I'm doing. Because you know? I think it can be hard can when, yeah, when you're, when you do, you've got your own thing that you're doing that's very creatively fulfilling, right. that you feel connected to, whatever, that feels a world away from the business part of it. Right. There, there's some kind of but they, synchronicity. But they create that liaison. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They some, see that it's the it's same It's all working thing. together. Exactly. That's huge. It's huge. Because it's there's, sometimes there's this weird gap between the people that are working and making money and all of the rest, right. and then the people that are doing... The other stuff that that's fun, that's maybe... Exactly. You know. And I can feel their excitement that they're getting to do something that's fun that is also in the process of making money, you know? Because that's what everybody wants to do, is to make shit that they actually like and make money off of it. I mean, that's what our favorite... That's what Christopher Nolan is doing, you know? Yeah. He's making movies that he actually likes and making, you know, what, hundreds of millions of dollars. I don't know how much money Christopher Nolan makes, but he's doing very well. I love it. And a lot of the stuff that, that you're enjoying now, a lot of the opportunities are coming from things that you, because, because of the exactly. stuff you put up online. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's paid off. It's working. It's working. It's working. Your evil plan is working. <laughs> All right. Let me read some of these questions. Okay, great. Oh, I want to, wait, I want to go back to, so you go back home, you sober mm-hmm. up. Because you were, you were, you I were, you sober. were, you, that I'm was. sober still. Good for you. Six years. Congrats. Oh, wait, is it May 1st? Oh, six years, four days ago, yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. What was what was it like coming back to L.A. after that? Because there's just they're still just coming back, being gone, trying to build your career. It was messy, yeah, um, because I had lost a lot of friends at the end of college because I was such a fucking nutcase, you know. I was just so sick of... It's like I look back on it and I don't blame myself that much because I was so sick. And USC is a great place, but I was so sick of school because I'm a person... And it's, and it's in the process of being very much proven now, but I, I kind of know how to do it myself. I have an instinct for how to, to actually make things. So, and, and to be in control, I thrive on control. So to be in school and to have people talking hypothetically about how the industry works always felt like kind of an eye roll to me. Cause I was like, well, I'm going to do it. I, I'm going to be one of the people that's making the industry work, you know, which I, I'm in the process of becoming. There you go. Yeah. So when you came back here, it was it was just starting over again in a way. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was, yeah, but I had certain friends that were very understanding and that were like, oh, yeah, I mean, you were super drunk and we're happy to be your friend again. And, and uh, Was that like a, because you always hear people drinking in college, was it like built from that whole kind of culture? Uh, not exactly. No, it was always more of like a tortured poet kind of thing. Like I liked getting, well, no, look, I I would smoke a lot of weed in college and that was very social. And then I became addicted to Adderall. Um, and that was more my like kind of artist's spirit that just needed, uh, because I have a very fast working brain and I think I, you know, whatever ADD is, I, I don't want to comment on ADD too much, but I... I know that Adderall made me feel very clear in a way that I liked. And then I got off of Adderall. When I got off of Adderall, I got into drinking, which my, you know, my dad likes to drink. And so it's kind of in my blood. And, and he manages it well. But I, 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 uh, I loved drinking. And no, it was not that normal partying drinking. It was, it was like, I want to get drunk, right? It was like, I want to get drunk now. And so then I would get fully drunk. And I almost liked doing it better just alone or with one or two friends, you know. I wanted the feeling of it in my body. Yeah. I met somebody recently uh, through that world who was a young, young, like 23. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And dealing That's with all of this I stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and I felt for him because, because 
a lot of your peers are still in it or, or are managing it okay. Right. Or part exactly. It's not like when you're in your mid-30s and you're like, everyone's kind of like, okay, we right. don't need to go out this right. weekend and do it up so much. Right. It's still very much a part of what people do. Right. So I, th- I, th- I just felt for Exactly. It's weird to have to be getting sober at that age because it's like, this is when we just... Uh, this is when you're, you're supposed to have a free ride until you're, you're at least 30. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. And so, and you can probably you know you can probably take a while to find your people or your friends or the things yeah. that you do. I'm glad you can see that. Yeah, that's exactly when I was. I really I was felt for him in that it. situation. Yeah, yeah for exactly. Sure. Um, what and then how did you get involved with the Groundlings? Is that something you started after you? Asked Jason me? Green Freckle yeah. kept telling he was doing Groundlings a long time ago, and he kept saying to me you need to do Groundlings because I would do all these voices. I would do all these accents and Groundlings is very character based. Yeah. So I guess I didn't start Groundlings until I was 25 or 26. I, I, I don't know what, I, I think it was like a moment. I was meditating a lot. I was not doing a lot of my career. I was working at restaurants for my, like in the time between when I got sober, there's, there's just a long adjustment period of being sober, I think. And I was trying to make movies and stuff, but, but then I started meditating a lot Going to Agape. I don't know if you know Agape. It's I've a, heard of it, yeah, for sure. So I've gotten good. into meditation in the last year. Yeah, meditation. But see, all, a lot of this stuff is like, you know, I'm I'm a lot older than you. Sure, you're sure, coming sure. to a lot of it earlier. You're not that much older than me. Yeah. You're a little older than me. Okay. So meditating, uh, I was meditating and meditating and meditating, and then I got this hit. I'm going to name the podcast, You're a Little Older Than Me. <laughs> you're a little older. <laughs> I'm going to hammer that on. That's the takeaway. Older. That's yeah, the takeaway yeah. from this. That's the upshot. Yeah. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. I interrupted you. No, no, no. You're thought. good. You're good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, w- I was meditating a lot, and then I got the hit to go to this acting. I basically just got the hit that it was like, oh, oh, you need to you need to go crazy, like, getting your career going right now. And then I, I went to this acting class at this great place called John Rosenfeld Studios, and then I went to Groundlings, and I just started doing it all. I, I started doing all the stuff that people have been telling me for, to do for years, but I, I had just kind of been not doing and yeah, and then Groundlings was a very clear fit because I, I mean, it's in my blood to do these. I don't know. Yeah, if you see my SNL tape, it's in my blood to do these. Well, there's characters. The, there's the character that you do, um, Emil. Emil, yeah, he's Colombian, yeah. Now your last name is Alvarez. Are you? Uh-huh. What's your... my mom is fully Colombian. Fully my mom Columbia. talks like Emil. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. She th- she's always trying to improve her English. Right. But she knows that she's not good at languages, so it's like the English the accent is is. Is not really reducing in a way. It's just it's just getting weirder. Right. <laughs> so it's like she has hard. She knows how to say hard R now, but it's like that doesn't sound more American than because we there are videos of her. My mom's so cute. There are videos of her when she was in her twenties, and she had this beautiful soft Hispanic accent where you know it was yeah. just completely I have an accent. But now when she talks, she tries to speak more correct. And, and it, it's like, almost, it's like, this is stranger. It's like adding another started. thing to the other thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, now did you ever have a Southern accent? Did you ever have a Tennessee accent? No, no. I moved there when I was four because I was born in New York City, but then I moved yeah. to Tennessee when I was four. So I knew that that was a funny accent from right away. I was like, oh, this is funny. And, the, and I learned how to do the accent immediately. And I still do. I, and I think that growing up in the South around those, I mean, cause those accents are insane. Some of them. Right. And then around my Colombian mom and also I'm fluent in Spanish. So just having all of that in my mouth, I, I like became able to kind of transform personalities in this like kind of way that's deep in the back of your tongue from early on, you know, what's a, what's a, do you have a soft spot for Tennessee? What's the thing you love about it? Oh yeah. Well, it's still, I, do you feel like a Southern boy in a way? I, well, I feel like, 
deeply kind of like a country person, sometimes in a way that I find uh, to, that I get a little ashamed of because I think that there are just certain things about fashion and like sushi that I'll just never understand or I just won't, they just weren't integrated at a young age. Like my rich friends who grew up in a city, we talk similarly now, but there are just like cuts of a blazer that, that I'll wear that I'm like, I bet my city, my real city friends, like I bet this jacket is a joke and I'll just never know that I'm not supposed to wear a jacket with a pocket like this or, or like knowing the thing about which blazer button you're supposed to have buttoned. I didn't have sushi until I was 18, you know, but I, I want to raise my kids in nature, I think, if and when I have kids, because it's like, there's this deep stillness that it, it puts in you that I, that I think, uh, that I think being raised in a city can, cannot give you. And I think it's important. Were you... Enlightenment, in a way. When you were in Tennessee, was it a rural place? Was it a small town? Super, super rural, yeah. I grew up on a lake. I mean, bugs, crickets chirping so loudly and... 20 minutes away from even Walmart, like a 20 minute drive from Walmart, like in the sticks. If I was going to visit your home, what meal would you want me to have? Oh. Assuming you weren't trying to kill me. Um, I mean, I guess barbecue. I, 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 my, I mean, my mom's Colombian, my dad, my mom's Colombian, my dad is from all over the States. So they're not like regional. Well, you know what? We have this neighbor, Joan, who I hope listens to this podcast. Um, and she makes amazing food. And she's kind of like Paula Dean. She loves Paula Dean. She's been to Paula Dean's um, live shows. In that you wonder why all of her food is amazing. And then you think, well, it might have something to do with how much fat is in right. all of the, <laughs> all of like the butter, food butter, items. Butter, butter, yeah. But they're so... It's, it's just, so good. It's so good. But it's good in a real way. I mean, yeah. She's a great cook. Joan, she makes great chicken strips. She makes great chicken strips, actually. Chicken strips, that is. I yeah, want that. Yeah, I want yeah. that very badly. Buttermilk. Um, when I think of actors my age, my peers, when I was coming up and writing and doing sure. things, I, I feel like a lot of my gay friend actors really fretted about being out, not being out. What should uh-huh. I? I think they. Lo- I think there was a lot of, of angst about it around oh, yeah, it. Yeah. I hope it's getting better. It's so much better. Do you? Because you, I, I don't want to project, but it just doesn't seem like it's. It's that big of a deal. No, you're right. To you're some right. people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you... Was it a thing that you fretted over or thought no, about? No, I mean, I've always been looking forward to becoming a gay movie star, which is something that we're just finding the space for, and I would like to inhabit that space. That's right. Get your hopes up. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I think you can do it. Yeah. I think you're so good. Thank you so much. Okay, here's your um, observation deck questions. If you had to change careers tomorrow, what would you pursue? An astronaut. You would be an astronaut. When you, when Lance, but I don't know how, how can you do that late? I don't know. When Lance Bass was doing that space stuff, remember that? Yeah. Were you jealous? No. Were you like that? Fucker? I wouldn't do it like that. Okay, you do it better. You do it better than that. No, I love Lance. Bass. <laughs> if you could be your mate for a day, what would you want to experience? I would want to eat my own ass. It's <laughs> a great ass. Why would why not? Why not? Has it always been good or do you do things for it? I work do you it do... out. No, it's genetically a good ass. Yeah. Right. And I'm I'm primarily a top, so it's often people are constantly like, Oh, what a waste. I'm like, shut up. You can eat it, you know. Yeah, it's still there. It's in the room. It's not like it's in it's the It's present. You can hold it. It's around. Yeah. What job were you the most excited to learn you got? 
Oh, uh, this pilot on MTV. Uh, I, I was a series regular on a pilot two years ago called Self Promotion, written by um, the famous Steve Yockey, who's a huge uh, TV and playwright around town. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I was I was in a place where I just gotten representation. I was just really making huge pushes in my career. And I was doing like reenactment shows. I mean, I was taking shitty acting jobs and I just pushed so hard that this amazing series of events lined up and I, through several auditions and then a network test, booked a series regular on an MTV show out of nowhere. And I remember right before I booked it, and Zach Braff directed it. I mean, it was this huge... Oh, if it had cool. gone, you know, I would have been this... A, a guy on a show, you know. Which I am now in a different way. Um, but I remember right before I got it, I said, if I can do this, I can do anything. Like, if I can get this fucking show... I mean, you have to work deals for these series regulars, you know. You have to sign all these contracts, and there's all this money that's being... Right, and they, make, they ask you to think five years ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's yeah. a huge amount of money. And I was like, if I can fucking book this, then I can do anything. And I did, and I booked it with flying colors. I just like... What was the part like? It was it was like the best friend of the main girl in the office, and it was right. a gay guy, but it, it, it was written in a way that was very funny, and I was able to to really like live in it and it was like I still watch it and I'm like that's fucking funny you know it's like it, it was just funny writing and it, and it was it was fun to do but no one will see it it's not anywhere it's dead it's dead I was talking pilots to, are funny I like that you can't believe that they just die but they do they do they just die you were talking I, to I was talking to like people like Drew and Sam and and when you know when you go in for those auditions that it could be a life changer Right. Like, I could be Jesse Tyler Ferguson. You know, like, like it could be... Yeah. How do you not let... How do you just Well, that's just, just not audition? true, yeah. You know, but it could be the next Modern Family, or it could be the... How do you not... Um, well, because I... Mindfuck I, yourself. Because I don't really think that that's true. Because I think that your career is kind of a symptom of something much bigger and much more general that you're doing energetically. So I don't oh, this think this is interesting. Yeah, I don't think that those people booked those roles on a fluke, you know. I think that they were probably in a space where they were working really hard or I don't know. I mean, and and if you do that's also not going to change your it's not going to fulfill I don't know how to explain it. I mean, but I guess what I guess what I'm saying is that like you know, when you go into a show like that, when it's going to be a show, that what you were talking about, right, be, right. it could be the next 5 years of your life or whatever yeah. it is. It's it's big. Yeah, but you go in for so many of those as an actor. And you I think that's kind of what reduces it. You're yeah. like, well, well, no, but here's the other thing. You can book it and then it won't it won't get picked up or they'll recast you or or it'll go for one season but it won't be a hit. Like the odds of it being a hit are like friends, right? So, yeah, if you had booked friends, that would be your life. But I have to believe that there's something cosmic that where Jennifer Aniston was going to become Jennifer Aniston anyway. So I, my career, as it is unfolding, seems actually sensical to me. It's like, yeah, this is who I thought I was going to become, and it's working, you know. And it, so, so if I book something, I, it's my intention to kind of either book the thing or or make my own thing that that makes me into the next level of what I. I mean, I I, I think that it's. Um, I think Jesse Tyler Ferguson was going to become Jesse Tyler Ferguson. So right. if it wasn't that show, it would have been another show. Right. Or he would be a hit on Broadway or something. But but the reason Friends worked 
you know, it had to do with them. Like, Friends maybe wouldn't have been a hit if Jennifer Aniston hadn't booked it. So maybe it was them that should be thanking her, you know. She she didn't fatefully walk right. into something. She was 25 and was a fucking star and is just that funny, you know. You talk about your career as having more control than a lot of actors yeah. talk about it. Yeah, yeah. And it's hard, I think, in that in an because I'm the top, yeah. Is that what it is? It's, <laughs> it's my controlling energy, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but that's... I think it's good, because mm. I think the powerlessness is is probably very difficult can to, you, yeah, can, yeah. to keep going. Well, I think that I'm responding to the real sense of powerlessness that I do experience on a daily basis. Right. I think that I have to create philosophies that allow me to feel in control and that, that do work over, but a, it's working. But know? it's working. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't, I, I, I just read this book that I'm obsessed with called learned optimism. Mm. And, and, that um, sounds great. and, the basic premise is that people that are more pessimistic are probably right about the world. Right. But the people that are more optimistic do better in every field sure. that there is, sure, from sure, business sure. to politics get your to hopes health. Up. Yeah. Get your hopes up. Mm-hmm. So, in other words, what you're doing now, it, it you're more likely to be successful because you're more resilient and you're more, per, you know what I mean? Like you have. Oh yeah. People that it's are everything. more optimistic. Keep yeah, going. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've even realized that more in the life. I realize it over and over again all the time. But I mean, everything is energy. It's what we're responding to on a guttural level. We want somebody who's going, I, I want to change the world. You know, and I do. I want to change the world. And I, I, I want to make the world a better place. I want to make people feel more free. I want to make gay people feel more normal. I want people to be happier. I want people to dance more, you know. And I, and I want to bring that into my, it's why I do my work, you know. I love it. Yeah. All right. What rookie mistakes did you make on your first job? Oh, my God. I was working at this Italian restaurant called Sir Nicola's, and I was a waiter. And um, and this woman said – and I had opened the restaurant that morning, and then people were there for lunch. And so I prepared all the teas and all the drinks and everything. And the woman said, um, is the coffee fresh? And this was like an uptight southern woman. She was like, is the coffee fresh? Did y'all – is it fresh? And I looked at my watch and just sincerely told her the truth – and I thought that I was being positive. I was like, yeah, it's fresh. I think I made it um, four hours ago. <laughs> and she looked at me with a real sense of disgust. And, and then I went and made her new coffee. There you go. That's not that bad. That's a, they're, Is they're, it not that bad? No, I thought good. it was pretty That's bad. good. Well, did you ever wait on anyone famous when you were a uh, waiter yeah, in LA? Yeah, Jay-Z. Jay-Z came into it when I was a busser. Do you think he fucked Becky with the straight with the good hair? Uh, probably. Yeah. I haven't. I, I'm. I'm so behind on the whole yeah. Beyonce thing because everybody gets on it so fast that I so immediately feel behind. That then I like. I want to go. I watch missed it the when HBO weekend, so now I. What's I missed, that? It was showing for free on HBO. Oh, I missed that window, so oh, I'm in the same boat as you. I haven't seen it. Anyway, I'm sure it's great. What about? I Jay-Z? just think Whitney's better than Beyonce. Really? Yeah. I mean, Whitney Houston is is it? She is it. Wow. <laughs> do you not agree? How do you feel about Whitney Houston? Uh, I have complicated feelings about her. Um, I feel sad for her, sure. for her journey. Um, I think she was a good actor. Oh, great. I think she was a good actor. So like, I went back and watched The Bodyguard. We did a whole chapter she's on The great. Bodyguard in this book that I wrote called Screening Party. Oh, wow. And you watch it and you're like, she's fucking good. She's oh, better than him. Yeah. Um, she's a star. Yeah. She, to me, is like Steve Jobs, where she just, she just had so much to do, and then it's just over. And then it's just over. It just burns the fuck out. Yeah. Because it's I did see intense. her sing live once at the, the American Music Awards, and she sang I Will Always Love You, and it was just, like, electric. It was back when she could still sing. Yeah. 
And because that I, petered I, out quite quickly. I think I'm much more of a fan of her voice. I don't love Beyonce's voice, exactly, but I love the. The, 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 the creation of it. The, the, I love... To me, she's like President Obama. Like, the discipline and the vision. Sure, sure, sure. And, like, the emotional discipline. Like, they don't let anything rattle them. Even in the elevator. Yeah. She was like, boom. And there's something fascinating about that. Yeah. Yeah. And I like that she's an art... I feel like she's an artist and she's got some things on her mind. Well, she And has, I've interviewed yeah. her a few times and she's nice. I think she has... Really? Yeah, she's she, nice. She has great she's taste... Kind. And she she knows how to work with people with the best taste in the world. Yeah. And that's a gift. But to me, Whitney Houston was... she Her voice, the thing that she could do was the essence. That was like the God, the God yeah. thing, the God particle. You know, it's like, oh, what is that sound? That's coming from somewhere else. And know? I think it must be a mind fuck to have some kind of a gift that right. you well, I it was. feel yeah, connected yeah. to. It's what Whereas I feel own. like Beyonce's like, I I'm made, in control. I I'm made a workhorse. This. I made this. Whereas exactly. Whitney says, I got this gift. I didn't know. People it. are obsessed with it. That's it, why they like me. It's not really connected to me. How right. did I get it? I don't deserve it. Am right. I worthy of it? She was Where's so bipolar. Crack? Where's the crack? the crack? She would wake up. She would wake up before. She would wake up before set every day for the body garden. <laughs> you should watch her. You've seen that Diane Sawyer interview with Whitney. Oh Houston. my god! It's some of the best television I've ever seen. She, but she would wake up before the body garden every morning and say, "Bobby, I, I don't, I don't think I can do this." And he would have to tell her she could. And then she's a genius. And she's so good in it. Okay. Um, are you a good flirt? Yeah, I I think I am. I, maybe my current boyfriend would disagree, but it worked I, eventually. It did. It's true. I put on a very masculine, or maybe not even masculine, but I I really sink into like my power when I'm trying to get someone in a way that I think goes. But I think a lot of gay men do that, and actually, it's probably a bit of horrible internalized homophobia too. But um, but you your answer is yes. I think I am a good flirt. Well, yeah. I mean, I would I go go danced, and that puts you in this, in this place where you're just like looking down at all these people around you who are, you know, giving you money for your body, and it's. What's that like? It's great. Where did you? Where did it you? It feels do like it? being a god. Fubar. Fubar. Yeah. What's the most money you ever made in a night? Three hundred dollars, I think. Wow. It's not that much. What was the worst part of it? Um. I don't know. Nothing. Sometimes I didn't want to be doing it. Yeah. So doing it when I, when I would be doing it really for the money, that was not fun. But I was usually doing it because I like dancing and I like my body and I like people telling me I have a good body. And it's good. Yeah. All right. No, that's you're owning it. Like yeah, that's yeah. I. I wonder what it would be like to just have power in that area mm. to just be sexy as fuck and like. It's interesting. It feels, yeah, it feels a little bit like Whitney Houston. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> it's like, I didn't do this, but, but if you like it. There you go. Where's the coolest place you've gotten to go for work? Seattle. I've gotten flown to Seattle twice, and it's just so cool. It's just so opposite LA. So it feels great to just get out of... And, and this great company called Cut would fly me up there um, to work with them on making videos, and I they would put me up in these beautiful Airbnbs and... Seattle is just, it's just a great place to be put up in a hotel and given a stipend every day. You know? And then you would make comedy videos. Yeah. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah, Would they be online? Like, where would they? We made a few, and then they, uh, they didn't make the cut for the company cut, um, and yeah. then we're, we're likely going to make more in the future. I love it. What's your favorite waste of time? Ugh, social media. Instagram. 
Yeah. Comedy Instagram. What do you so, mean by comedy Instagram? Doing well, comedy on Instagram? No, looking at comedy Instagrams. So most people only follow maybe the fat Jewish and fuck Jerry. Yeah. And they think Instagram other than that is for um, like looking at people's pictures. But Instagram to me has primarily become a source of comedy of like image, image comedy. Cause there are a lot of lesser followed, but still in the hundreds of thousands um, of followers there, there are a lot of Instagrams that are like the fat Jewish, but I would say funnier, you know, and beige cardigan, uh, What's the other one? Cartwheels and hard-ons. I mean, these... I, I mean, and memes... Memes can be the funniest thing in the world. Also, ClickHole. Do you go on I don't know what ClickHole even is. Have you have you seen it shared and you always wonder what it is? No, I haven't ever... I've never heard of it. Well, you know The Onion. Yes. So The Onion is spoofing newspapers. Right. ClickHole is spoofing BuzzFeed. Oh, okay. Um, but it's The Onion. It's the same company. Okay. And it's just... It's it's these lists that are that are... A, a joke about lists. So they'll they'll have an article called like sixteen pictures of Scarlett Johansson that will make you say this is a picture of a boat, and it's then it's just sixteen pictures of a boat <laughs> of different boats. It's so dumb. Well, it is so. There's so much dumbness out there. It's great. Um, speaking of comedy Instagram, I'm sure. I'm sh- I assume you know Tom Lank. Tom yeah, Lank, yeah, oh sure. yeah, that thing is uh, great. He's a friend of mine, but he's, he's been, been making these, doing new these Met Gala so good. things. And I'm like, wow, he is really committing to this. Yeah, and yeah, I'm yeah. wondering what it's going to... What it, what's it, it going to lead to? What's it going to lead to? Fame. Because I'm like, fortune. it already got picked up. And it's kind of like, yeah, yeah. It, it really does feel like a do-it-yourself world now. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And you either get on board or... Or don't. Yeah, yeah. It's like you just make content now. You just like create your own just do your own career. Thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's cool. I mean, well, what's cool is that the cameras and sound. I mean, sound equipment being iPhones are so cheap now that you can just make you just make a show. You know, the only thing standing between you and making a show is is I don't, well, I guess maybe most people don't have the energy or don't want to make a show but it's like you can physically do right because you used to have to raise money to buy a film to get to buy film right to put in a camera and then get it develop i mean just making a video would cost so much money yeah now you can do it for free you can totally do it for free you can make a, the funniest videos that i watch are, are accidentally made on people's iphones of cats or whatever you know? yeah it's cool and there you go and you're doing it um before we wrap it up uh Everyone should go watch The Gay and Wondrous Life of Caleb Gallo. Mm-hmm. There's two more episodes to come. Mm-hmm. When I watched it, I was YouTube. like... YouTube.com slash Brian Jordan Alvarez. It's very easy to make videos technically and whatever, but it's very rare that something... You watch something and you go, oh, this person has a voice. Mm, thank you. And I watch that and I'm like, oh, there's a voice at work here. Not just the acting. and the, There's a vision. There's a voice. Mm-hmm. And and that's what made me want to reach out to you and do this interview. So congrats thank on that. Thank you so much. Um, I hope so everything happens. Um, it's you, all there anything? happening. It's all happening. We plugged everything there is to plug, right? <laughs> do you I have a, so. what's your Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram? They're all any just Brian Jordan Alvarez. Yeah, if you type the words Brian Jordan Alvarez into Google, you will find a plethora of ways to follow. When you were deciding on your acting name, and you subscribe were like, to my YouTube. Were, yeah, there's a lot of good stuff there. Yeah. Were you deciding I'm going to keep like 
all three names? You know, my my uh, I w- I grew up with the name Brian Jordan, and then in Columbia you take your father's and then your mother's. So I decided in high school to do that. So I I added the Alvarez. So Jordan is my first last name. So Jordan and Alvarez are both my last names. Nice. Brian's my first name. Do people in auditions ever say, "Oh, you don't seem Latin," or do, does it ever no. get weird? Or is no, because ever- I think I, I I think once you hear the Alvarez, you can see it in my in my face. I have a bit of a Spanish because it's through Spain that I'm. My mom is Colombian, but through Spain, so. I think people... Can you see it? Yeah, a little, a little bit. bit. Yeah, but yeah. but also, if you wanted to go in and nose. play the whitest of white bread characters, you right, could do that. Right, it could also work, yeah. Yeah, it all, it's all works. <laughs> it all works. All right. Um, that's it. Thank you, Thank so, you so much. much. This was a lot this of fun. Follow him and watch uh, Caleb Gallo. Woo! Thanks again to Brian Jordan Alvarez. Go watch The Gay and Wondrous Life of Caleb Gallo on YouTube and tell your friends and share it and post it and all the rest. All right, so this happened. Um, As many of you may have read, ABC is coming back with a version of The Match Game this summer to be hosted by Alec Baldwin. And a lot of you know that I host a parody version of that called The Mismatch Game at the Gay and Lesbian Center. We've been doing it for 12 years, raised a lot of money, had a lot of laughs, perhaps spawned a drag race version called The Snatch Game. I'm not saying we were responsible for that, What I am saying is that it was happening right down the street from there for five years before they did it. So anyway, but I'm not bitter. I'm fine. It's fine. Anyway, so I'm like, match game's happening. Okay. So I called around in my network and see who, if I knew anyone that knew anyone that was involved in that show. And my friend Mandel got me a hookup and he got my resume into them. And I connected with one of the coordinators there, and I just sent in, as we speak, some sample questions to audition, I guess, as a question writer for that show. So, we'll see. But I'm thinking optimistically about it because I'm all about optimism now. I think that's the way to go. I think managing my expectations hasn't served me well, physiologically speaking. It's a long, complicated thing. But the point is, Match Game's happening. I know about it. I'm in the mix. Fingers crossed. We shall see. All right, that's it. Thanks a lot for listening, and we'll catch you next time on Dennis Anyone. Bye! (laughs) 